on the show, being a guest client, you're welcome to send me an email at info at reneemckenna.com, R-E-N-E-E-M-C-K-E-N-N-A. You can also shoot me a text at 415-672-4992, and I'd be happy to set something up. Most of these sessions are recorded over the phone, and I really look forward to spreading this work and helping you if you're interested. Have a great day, and I'll look forward to sharing more of this great work with you in the future. All right, everybody. Welcome to Open Pages. It is Saturday night in the Mission District of San Francisco, California, and it's so quiet. So how about we play a little tune for you from Chawa?
is Chawa out of New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, if you've got any people on the Gulf Coast, we are thinking positive thoughts in that direction. There's, there's a lot of hard times there right now. So, hey, New Orleans. Hope, hope you're doing all right. Hope you're uh, keeping it cool, doing the best you can like we all are. So that was get on out the way. And hey, this poet that I have for a feature tonight, you better get on out the way because I've got Jan Steckel for you here on Open Pages at Mutiny Radio. And just like everybody, she is phoning in a feature tonight, everybody. We have a phone-in show and a phone-in open mic that starts at 9 p.m. So, you know, get your dialing finger ready for 9 p.m. Maybe do some little flexes. Maybe you could do some finger yoga. So if you want to call in at 9 p.m., the number over here at Mutiny Radio is 415-550-0511. And we are streaming live around the planet from right here in the Mission District of San Francisco, California, where it is twilight. And uh, it's still light because we're in the north and it's heading towards summer. Um, it was a beautiful day today. I got a little sun on my skin, so it made me feel happy in my mind. And I hope all of y'all are doing pretty well, too. So let's see what happens here when I push this lever here. Hey, Jan Steckel, are you there on the phone? Hi, Kay. Hey, it's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, it's great to hear you. Now, Jan, I have a, a, a little bit like I wanted to, to talk about to you before you start reading your poems because... Um, in your bio here, it, it says that you have a new book out called oh, Like yeah. Flesh Covers Bones from Zeitgeist Press. Yeah, it's, uh, it's available on Amazon and at the Zeitgeist Press website, and you can also find out about it at my website at jansteckle.com. Right on. I see it won some awards. You've you've been nominated and awarded many awards. That's pretty cool. Uh, thank you. Yeah, like, this one won two Rainbow Awards, which is an international competition for LGBT literature, um, and it raises money for LGBT charities. And uh, it won Best Bisexual Book and Best LGBT Poetry. Congratulations. Perhaps a little belatedly, but that is super cool. Thank you. And I see you've got that the Horizontal Poet, from also from Zeitgeist Press, won the 2012 Lambda Literary Award for Bisexual Nonfiction. Can you talk about that award a little bit? I don't know if everybody knows about that. Sure. So the Lambda Literary Awards are the premier literary awards for LGBT writing, yeah, and they're based in New York. And um, they, at the time that this won, there was no bisexual poetry category. So it had, it was a poetry book, but it had to compete in either the nonfiction or the fiction categories. So we put it in the nonfiction categories because a lot of it is about my life, although not all of it. And uh, it won. <laughs> so that was, that was a nice surprise and a really, really lovely day. That is. So just as a follow-up question, um, 
did they create a bisexual award category after this book won? Yeah, yeah. I, I went up to accept it, and I gave this little, you know, militant speech opening about how it, it, there wasn't a bisexual poetry category yet, and uh, within a couple of years, they had one. <laughs> so now there is one, and um, it's kind of thrilling. Way to advocate, Jan Steckel. <laughs> Thank you. That's really, really cool. And you've got a couple of chapbooks, Mixing Tracks from Gertrude Press and the Underwater Underwater Hospital, which also won awards. Yeah, so um, the Mixing Tracks was a fiction chapbook, which is a little unusual, and um, it won a contest and, and got published in a limited number of copies, so it's now, it sold out rather quickly, and wow. uh it's the it's it's a single long short story, you know, like the five thousand word short story that never gets written anymore, and uh, it's actually part now of a collection in manuscript that I have called Ghosts and Oceans, um, and the other book, The Underwater Hospital, was my first ever uh, published book. It was a poetry chat book, edited by my mentor Julia Vinograd may her name be a blessing, and published by Zeitgeist Press, which is owned by uh, Bruce Isaacson and is based in Las Vegas and Berkeley, California. That is super cool. I like that you're keeping it local, too. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of local, I am here in the Mission District of San Francisco. I believe that you are in Oakland. Is that true? That's right. Just across the bay. Hello. Hello. I'm waving at you in the direction that I think the bay is in. Yes, this is the right way. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So you have a a set of poetry for us, I believe, this evening. Yeah, I wanted to start with a poem from my first chapbook, The Underwater Hospital. It's about doctors and nurses at Charity Hospital in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. But tonight I'm dedicating it to all the healthcare workers who are fighting COVID-19. Charity after the hurricane. Hydrocephalus boy is doing okay. His shunt's the only thing that's draining around here. The gomer with the Marines tattoo boxed his beans. Guy hasn't peed in two days, and we got no dialysis, no power, no suction, no lights. Rick's sewing people up by flashlight in the OR since the ER's an aquarium. Genie's suctioning green crap out of the funny-looking kid's trach with an ear bulb and a syringe. Looks like a giant turkey baster. Kids circling the drain. We've been bag-ventilating the guy with adult respiratory distress syndrome since Monday. We take turns. My hands ache. No more water to drink, but if you're thirsty, I can put in an IV and fill up your tank. You look like an easy stick. You want potassium in that, doctor? Got no coffee, but there's Ritalin left in the pharmacy. I sent the derm resident to salvage some crackers from the cafeteria. Yeah, I know it's underwater. He's from Harvard. Don't they have a swimming requirement there? He's got to be good for something. Stay out of the east stairwell between the fifth and sixth floors. That's where we're stacking the bodies. There's ten feet of water flooding the morgue and fluid filling up the lungs of the little old lady in heart failure. She sounds wet. She may have made it off her roof, but she's drowning from the inside. 
Water, water everywhere. My throat's dry. My lips are cracked. My knuckles hurt. We paddled these people across the street in a canoe, one by one. We carried them up eight flights of stairs to the parking garage roof. We're waiting for helicopters they told us would be here. ARDS man just croaked. My hands are sore from squeezing that bag. I kept him alive for four days, and now he's kicked the bucket on the motherfucking roof because the helicopters haven't come. Little old lady's chest is too stiff to move. The bag just won't push it up and down anymore. She's toast. Too much water on the inside, nothing but water on the outside, and not even a Diet Coke to drink. I'm just going to sit down here. I'm just going to put my head in my hands. I'm just going to let my shoulders shake. I'm not crying. I'm too dry. Wow, Jan. That's intense. Oh, thank you, E.K. Um, the next one is going to come out in Sarah Beale and Carla Brundage's Colossus Anthology on Homelessness to raise money for Moms for Housing. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm oh, gonna thank be, you. I'm going to be published in that as well. <gasps> really? Maybe yeah. we'll get to read together. Oh, my God, that would be so exciting. I enjoyed reading with you so much last time we did. I can't wait. I know. That was in December. At, um, Richard May's reading. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was fun. Okay. How They Became Homeless. The Corner Family's daily garage sale of flotsam skimmed from dumpsters netted me three elongated shot glasses, several books, and a pizza-cutting wheel. One night, the space heater on knob and tube wiring finally burned the place down. The family scattered. It took three years for the landlord to rebuild the house. Meanwhile, Oakland swelled with people living in freeway rights of way. Tents mushroomed up against underpass walls. People huddled over communal meals cooked on open flames. Someday, archaeologists will discover ochre handprints on the concrete, dig middens of TV dinner trays, guess about post-apocalyptic humanity. Wow. <laughs> that is... I, I wanted to, I'm, I'm a little bit speechless because I have such an intense picture in my mind. Oh, maybe, maybe you can read um, your poem from the anthology uh, now or at the open mic. You know what? I don't know if I have it with me. Oh. I know. I did not bring a computer with me today because... Well, I'll just you know. have to wait along with everybody else <laughs> for the anthology reading. You know what? I'll call you up tomorrow, and I'll read it to you. Oh, thank you, thank you. That would be great. <laughs> Please call be before 1230 or after 5, because I'm going to be at this really long California Writers Club meeting from 1230 to 5. That's awesome. <laughs> but I would love to hear you. Yeah, that sounds real cool. I'll make sure to do that. Thank you. Okay. This you next have? one is about... Tamir Rice, who was killed by a policeman while playing in the park with a toy gun about right. oh eight years ago. But I'm dedicating it tonight to Amud Arbery and Brianna Taylor. And if you don't know who they are, um, Amud Arbery was shot for jogging while black, and Brianna Taylor was 
sleeping in her own home while black when she was shot. The Fall I don't want to be Joan of the narrative arc here, wielding my flaming sword of story to drive you out of my personal bleeding heart liberal paradise. But here's a prompt. Write a poem using the words Grant, Bell, Garner, Brown, Ford, and Rice. Employ a light touch, no sing-song or doggerel, no sentimentality, please, no rants. Attention to form, but not formality. Invoke all the senses. Let me see, hear, feel what the 12-year-old saw, heard, felt, waving that BB gun around the park. The gold and orange leaves of Cleveland, the smell of them rotting in rainwater, the black and white pulling to the curb, the crack, the pavement rushing up. Jan. So black lives still matter. Yeah, more than ever. Yep. Yep. It's, um, you know, it's, we, we live in a very, a very stressful time right now. And it's, um, it's crazy to me that everyone can't go outside to go for a run yeah. safely right now. And it's clear that if you're black, that, your your skin makes you a target to some people. Who yeah, as if it weren't bad enough how high the death rates are in the black and brown communities. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Thank you for that poem, Jan. Thank you, E.K. Uh, this one is the first poem in my latest book, Like Flesh Covers Bone. It's the title poem. Like Flesh Covers Bone, says Bukowski, but I've seen bone that flesh didn't cover. I've seen a blonde girl stare at the sky, her ribcage sprung open like bony Stonehenge. I've seen a toddler's chicken ribs splintered by a bullet shot through her bedroom wall. But not until the bomb in Boston had I ever seen a man awake, staring at a foot-long bone shank where his leg used to be. The word made bone, stripped of flesh, oozing marrow. Jan, it's all so visceral. Oh, That's, thank you. Um, I think I think it's time for something a little lighter. So, but I'm just like I. It really, like I I go to a place in my mind with your words, and I really oh, appreciate thank that. Thank you. That's how I felt when I heard you read too. Thank you. I look forward very much to the next time I get to hear you read. Maybe a little later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this next poem comes out soon in a Bi Pride anthology. It's called Bi Romance. Once upon a time, I told you that you were my prince. It was love at tenth sight or so. You completely freaked out. Said I was a lonely older woman, drowning, frantically grabbing for whatever neck was nearest. Miraculously, I stuck around. Well, darling, here we are, 23 years later. I wasn't wrong about my love, but to speak the absolute truth, I am not exactly bowled over by the romance of it all. When you scratch me companionably, it feels like when you pet the tabby. I do enjoy your poems to me, 
though I know you partly write them because buying me a diamond ring would cost a lot more. Luckily, I know habit is stronger than passion, for you even more than for most of us. So I hope we will stick it out, ogling the girls together on sunny days by the lake, marching in pride until I succumb to a scooter, reading side by side on the bed in our tiny book-crammed house until one or the other of us gets carried out feet first. <laughs> I love a love poem. <laughs> I love my beloved. I am so glad to have somebody to share uh, this isolation with. I yes. I feel for my friends who live alone, and they describe this skin hunger, and I remember when I lived alone what that was like. Yeah, the touch yeah. deprivation is very real. Yeah. For, for I think, are all of us. Like, sure. You know, but, like, for the people who are sheltering alone right now, it's got to be really intense. And so. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. Yep. Thank Stay you for home. showing up to listen. I know. All right. Okay, this poem poems. is also from, like, Fleshfoot Covers Bone. Why they got deported. Because he had a tattoo of a heart with the name of his birthplace in Mexico. Because she used a social security number she had made up. Because he had one DUI ten years ago. Because she overstayed her visa when she was seven. Because he didn't sound like he'd been born in Lansing. Because it took her an extra three months to save the 495 to renew her work permit. Because 20 years ago, he bought a car that had expired registration. Because she gave a hand job to an undercover cop. Because she took food stamps to feed her three kids while she worked cleaning hotel rooms. Because he had a joint on him 12 years ago. Because fire is hungry and famine walks the land. Because the night is dark and full of terrors. Because we don't want you to play with us. Because it's ours. Because we can. Yeah. Hmm. I was uh, saying a lot of stuff. I have my I, I turned my mic off while you're reading so that all of my um, expressions of like, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell him, Jan. Like nobody can hear that, but that happened all through that poem. Oh, thank you. Oh, I think you should leave it on. You know, it's weird. It's weird reading um, in these Zoom readings because you don't get like the same feedback. Um, I mean, it's nice in a different way, but yeah. but it's a it's a whole different experience reading on Zoom and reading on the radio from from reading in a crowded bar or someplace. It is, but the reason I keep the mic down is so that people can hear your words, and I love your <laughs> okay. words. So I don't want to, you. you know. I don't want to. I don't want them. I don't want our listeners to have sort of a muddy experience. Totally. Thank <laughs> you. Um, and thank you to Heather Lang Casera and the editorial staff of 300 Days of Sun, which is a college journal out of Henderson, Nevada, for publishing this poem about the Artisan Hotel in Las Vegas. A day at the Artisan Hotel. Wind huffed so hard, the swimming pool busted out in whitecaps like the fish-filled sea. Cabanas turned inside out, flew like galleon sails. The pool boy strapped himself to the diving board. 
chlorine surged across the hotel lobby. Out of the jacuzzi heaved a kraken. Tentacles seized lounge chairs, twisted them like paper clips. Still, the naked sunbathers turned on spits, ripening like apricots in the sun. <laughs> the Artisan Hotel is really cool. If you ever go to Las Vegas, you got to check it out. It's got this sort of boudoir, brothel decor in the lobby, and there are um, reproductions of famous paintings all over the walls, and each each room is, is themed. So when I stayed there, I stayed in the Bruegel room, and the, the pool has uh, a few hours listed when you must wear a bathing suit and all the rest of the time you don't have to. Oh, wow. Um, so it's it's a hopping place. I bet it is. And all those, all of those, those ripening and desiccated bodies in the sun, so, in the hot, <laughs> hot sun. <laughs> oh, this one is uh, from my mom. In vino veritas. I wasn't conceived in vitro, but in vino, when my young mother got tipsy on artfully spiked fruit punch at my father's departmental holiday party. Of course we planned you, said my mother. We just planned you for later. I've known since junior high I was a diaphragm baby. It's good to be pushy. I'm a celebration. I'm a little Dionysus. I'm what happens when you let down your guard. I'm a whirlwind slut puppy firecracker, a one-woman oops with a radium glow. I'm truth and beauty, a force for chaos. If you don't like it, kiss my assertiveness. I'm a random accident, a tossed-off spark, a twinkle in the conceptual storm's eye. If you were conceived in vitro like my best friend's kid, throw all the stones you can at the transparent walls. Wine is truth serum, loved one, so bottoms up, not belly up. Belly up to the trough and imbibe the spiked Kool-Aid. Maybe, if you're lucky, you can shatter your own chrysalis, shine like the aurora borealis, bathe your baby soul in real Cabernet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So can I just tell you something yeah. kind of funny real, really quick? And, you know, everyone who's listening... So, similar to you, um, something happened, (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't until I was in college that I learned that premature babies don't weigh seven pounds, three ounces. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. My mom couldn't keep her mouth shut that long. Yeah, it's it's more common than you'd think. Yeah, I mean, I had suspected and, you know, done the math, and I'd kind of got it, but, like, you know, like, that's, that was, oh, you were premature. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's funny. But here I am. Yay. And we're so glad that here you are. Hey, I'm glad you're here, too. Thank you. Me, too. This one's called The New Age. Fishermen land sharksicles off Cape Cod. Frozen iguanas like blighted oranges drop from Florida trees. Down under, heat wave boils bats' brains in flight. Flying foxes litter the ground like baseballs at batting practice. A subtle moon watches. 
bayous dry up, forests conflagrate, floods flash, mudslides from mountains to ocean, a brown bear frozen mid-roar paws at nothing dead on the beach, washed there from the national forest with twisted cars and splintered trees. The freeway is a river of muck over pieces of people. Gas fires light the night from broken pipes. Boil the tap water, hoard spices and oil, grow your own food. The age of cities is coming to its end. Wow, Jan. That one was that one was written during the um, you know, fires and mudslides um in the last year or two, but you know, can you imagine what's going to happen this year during fire season? I know. I oh. and you know, well, okay, here's the thing. I just heard on the news that it's supposed to snow in the Sierras this weekend. Really? Yeah. Which, Whoa. Which, hey, like, I'll take the snowpack. Like, that's yeah. our water, right? Like, that's, that's good. That's right? Um, but also, it's May, and I'm like, oh, huh, really? <laughs> Gosh, this is so but weird. Yeah, you know, I share all of the, those concerns that you so gloriously and artfully made into a poem. Thank you. Um, this one is called The Rose Grew Round the Briar. It's the last one in my um, first full-length poetry book, The Horizontal Poet. How do your red pubic hairs end up on the windowsill, my black ones on the crown moldings? Do you do even weirder things in the bathroom than I thought? Do curly hairs waft on hot air currents from bathroom drain to ceiling? Do they hitch a ride on a bath towel and flip free heavenward when you snap it at my ass? I found one in the pantry, curled lasciviously around a piece of high-fiber cereal, another on the TV remote. I don't want to think about that one too hard. I lie in bed and stare at two high on the wall above our heads, a black and a red. Are they having an out-of-booty experience? When we die, will they form a true lover's knot and float up higher and higher? Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Um, the next one came out recently in a journal called Positive Magnets, and the epigraph is from a poem by my publisher and friend. Um, poems called Everyone's Prospecting. Quote, Love, the Lost City of Gold, end quote. Bruce Isaacson, Lost City. As you run the edges of a sheet looking for the wide-hemmed side, fingers slide and slide, but the hem is always narrow. Yet home is yellow glow, banked fire, comforter. Finches gather cobwebs to softly line their nests. Habit is stronger than love or death. Lie with your mate in the bed you made. A little lustrous dust sifted each year from river gravel makes the ruins shine. You can tell I've got a long-term marriage going on here. <laughs> yeah, that's exquisite. That's Thank you. Beautiful. And I'm going to finish with the opening poem from my 
um, first full-length poetry book, The Horizontal Poet. The History of Our Love. If you were a skeleton and I were a skeleton, we would weave our bones together in a death's head embrace. I'd be able to get closer to you than I've ever been, my clavicle bumping up against your acromion. Every one of the 27 little bones of my hand would grab your iliac crest with equal enthusiasm. The chalky scrape of kneecap against femur, the click and rattle of your metatarsals dragging over my fibula and tibia would drive us to ever-increasing ecstasies. When you drew your phalanges over my ribs, I'd sound like a horny, bony xylophone. We'd grind, scrape, click, and rattle right through the night and the day and the night, wearing ourselves and each other away until nothing was left but a happy, exhausted heap of calcium carbonate, like a pile of powdered tums or crushed rollades, ready to be pressed into a stick of chalk for a child to write on the sidewalk the history of our love. Oh, Jan. That is so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much, E.K., and <laughs> I, thank you for having me here. It's it's really fun, and uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful to have this uh, time with you tonight. I am so grateful that you're av available, and Hey, you know, staying home and phoning it in. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in my PJs. <laughs> you know, I actually got dressed. Oh, today. yeah. Yeah. Um, I've well, there's a power differential here. <laughs> <laughs> well, may I? Yeah, but I think you might have the upper hand. Like, it's the <laughs> pajama power, man. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I bet you that there are more people in their pajamas right now than dressed. I bet you you are right. You know what I'm saying? And we can all be having a pajama party. <laughs> We're having a pajama party right here on Mutiny Radio on yeah. Saturday night in San Francisco and yeah. Oakland. And everywhere, actually. So, all right, Jan, you want to stay on the line for a minute? And maybe, for sure. Um, I don't know if you heard, but, like, this is some synchronicity. I I saw this band called Chawad, SF Jazz, back in February. Yeah. Um, before they, they were the one you played at the beginning, yeah? They were. And they were great. They're from New Orleans. And so. Oh, get out I, the way. I know. And then your first poem was about Katrina and also yeah. now strangely enough like d disasters all have a little bit in common don't they sure <laughs> so yeah would you like a little more chawa oh, please all right i'm gonna put on a song for you Thank called you. soul rebel Ooh. so hang on to the line jan and everybody who's who's out there listening i'm so glad that you're here and um I'm going to just do some tricky business here. And this is E.K. Keith. You're listening to Open Pages, a word arts show. And it happens third Saturdays of every month, and that is today. Our feature is Jan Steckel, and right after we play Soul Rebel from Cha Wa, who I recommend that you, you know, find on the internet, buy some music from they are really great they are from new orleans louisiana 
Um, and then we'll be back with a little interview with Jan Steckle. So keep on listening. And here is some, oh, wait, wait, hold on. There we go. Pushing the right buttons. Here's Chawa, everybody.
that was Chawa out of New Orleans, Louisiana, and check them out on the internet. It's chawaband.com. That's C-H-A-W-A-B-A-N-D.com. Chawa. They always make me feel good on the inside. And let's see. I believe that Jan Steckel is still on the phone. You there, Jan? Yeah, that got me in a calm and happy place. Didn't that feel really good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate Chawa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. for introducing us to him. Oh, well, I'm glad that you like them. I, I try to share things that I love with people that I love, and there are so many people that I love. Oh. So, so Jan... I'm very excited about this opportunity to kind of have a a public conversation with you because you, my friend, have an interesting life. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Aside from being like a published and award-winning author, you're a doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like being a defrocked priest, you know, it never (laughs) quite leaves you. So, so, but you're a doctor who's not working as a doctor anymore, correct? That's right. I left practice um, of pediatrics back, oh man, like almost 20 years ago now. And I now work as a medical editor. I work from home. Um, I had to leave pediatrics because I had really bad back problems. And after three back operations, I just cannot stand and sit that long anymore so now I work flat on my back um, and I edit other doctors and nurses um, articles and research papers and grant applications and stuff and and make it sound better wow so it it I'm wondering I'm wondering how this current environment of sheltering and these these extreme feelings of vulnerability that we're we're all experiencing around mm-hmm. illness right now how is that affecting you um well i started feeling it i think before most people did cuz i heard about the what was going on in in wuhan and around january it dawned on me that that this might not be containable. And so I started actually um, stockpiling stuff um, just because there was a a virologist that I followed in Australia named um, Ian McKay who suggested that we might have to isolate in place for a while and that you should have two weeks' worth of supplies um, around. So we bought plastic boxes. We got two weeks' worth of non-perishable foods and some batteries and you know we put all this in the garage and then um i started to talk to my friends and family about it you know to so they could get ready too and i got such differing reactions from people you know some people thought i was just playing crazy some people thought it was a government plot you know to control us and um but some people listened and i i was particularly concerned that my family and my neighbors and my friends listened um, and most of them did, because um, I wanted my street to be a safe place if the medical system got overwhelmed. I figured I would be, you know, 
basically the the paramedic on the street. I'd be the the the, only, the person who would like go into a house to treat somebody if the hospitals overflowed the way they were overflowing in Wuhan. Um, so I, I I stocked up also on extra medicines um, that would come in handy for this particular disease and um, and I. Um, I, I so but I had you know I had some anxiety too because it was kind of like being Cassandra you know the legend about the prophetess who yes who isn't believed you know and so when when people didn't believe me it was stressful for me too um, and then um, you know the thing hit and um, it before the lockdown orders came um, cases started popping up and I was scheduled to go to a conference in. Um, San Antonio, uh, the AWP conference, the right. American Writing Programs Conference, right? And I bailed at the last minute because I felt like I needed to organize my block and I needed to organize my family and get ready for this thing. And um, um, right after, close, not long after that, they kind of locked down the Bay Area. And, you know, I'm the remote caregiver for um, my elderly parents. I mean, my dad care, is a caregiver for my mom, but, but you know, he's 84, and so I'm often, like, down there or on the phone, and I want, I had to make sure that they were safe and that they had a care plan and, you know, talk about under what circumstances I would go down there, because I didn't want to make them sick. I figured the Bay Area was going to be the epicenter of this thing, because we have so much travel back and forth from China. Yeah. And they're in Santa Barbara, which it was a little more bucolic, right? And um, and then I have elderly relatives up here in the Bay Area, quite a few, and I wanted to make sure everybody was, you know, safe. And I was talking to my uh, younger cousins about how they should call their parents who lived alone, you know, uh, or talk to them, you know, contact them daily to make sure they were okay and, you know, bring them groceries. And, you know, so there's a lot of organizing. And the upshot is that, I have not written a poem since January. I, I've just been in doctor mode and public health mode, sure. and uh, it's weird. I don't think I've gone that long without writing a poem um, since my 20s, so I, I'm really looking forward to relaxing enough so that I can write again, but it just seems so big. I mean, nothing... I could write about Katrina, I could write about the fires, but I don't even know what to say about this. It's so huge and horrible and um, disappointing uh, the way our country has handled it. And, and yeah. it's just so unnecessary the way things have gone. And and it's still very fraught politically. Like I have a, uh, I have, I have, um, caregivers you know I'm disabled I'm I'm a very high risk person I've got like four different conditions that put me at high risk and and you know one of my caregivers doesn't believe in vaccinations now what am I going to do am I going right. to you know have her back once things open up again or am I going to you know ask her to get vaccinated I don't I respect her beliefs and I respect her desire not to get vaccinated but does this mean that you know, somebody who's worked for me for a very long time and whom I love and respect is not going to be able to work with me anymore because of that. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff swirling around. Um, and, um, and in the meantime, my family is very stressed and um, 
it's it's hard for me to hang on to my work to, to get the medical editing done and sort of be the remote caregiver for various members of my family and at the same time do all the work that my caregivers used to do for me because they're all sheltering in place. So I'm like doing all this housework and yard work that I never really did before and makes my body hurt. And you know, right. so it's, it's kind of like I've been in emergency mode for four months or something and I'm waiting for it to cool down so that I can process it and write about it. Yep. You know, I'd like to just ask you to like give yourself the space to, you know, live live life the way we have to live right now like yeah. it's and and to take it in i mean that's i think that what i do as a writer i take things in and then things come out <laughs> yeah you know and there are i think that i i think that your response is totally understandable and thank you you know that you know i think the poems will come jan Oh yeah, they will. They always do. <laughs> they'll they'll come. But I can feel them bubbling around in there. <laughs> yeah, they 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 they're they're coming. They'll probably yep. be like it'll be like a tsunami when they arrive. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. That's... How about you? How are you dealing with this? Oh, you know, um, in spite of what people may believe about me, I'm kind of a homebody. Oh. So <laughs> there, are, there are aspects of staying home that are kind of okay for me. Right. Um, but then, you know, I'm also a high school librarian, and it's funny the way the body works because it came too soon, you know. Mm. I, I tend to kind of hunker down in the summertime, mm -hmm. you know, where I, I don't see a lot of people for a while. You know, I kind of, you know, sort of curl up in a ball a little bit and, mm -hmm. and be by myself. That's a time that I, I like to be alone. Um, so it, it, it came at the wrong time, mm -hmm. and I really miss my students so yeah. much. I'm sure they miss you a lot, too. <sighs> yeah, I, I think that they do. I think, um, you know, because we Zoom with them, and that's – a, just a really different experience mm -hmm. um and yeah they are like it's it's really hard for kids right now like yeah. it's you know like it's easy I think when you're older and have life behind you as well as life ahead of you to be like you know this too shall pass but right. man when you're like 17 or 18 and you've been looking forward to prom yeah. You know, like it, it's a big deal. Like there's there's a lot of like kind of these expected rituals and rites of passage. And they're deprived of them. Yeah. Sad. Although there was a big program today on the television, right? For all the high school kids graduating. Yeah. That was nice. Yep. That was really cool. But it's still, you know, like we have a we have a, a freaking awesome graduation tradition at yeah. my high school that I work at and uh, you know it's just it's it's always such a big like community experience and mm -hmm. all the parents and you know all the families and all the you know I even miss the air horns you know <laughs> 
Like, oh, I'm not going to get to complain about the air horns? Oh, man, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, so I think it's really, I think it's hard on young people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, young people are typically pretty savvy with the technology. So I'm, and I, I get concerned because I feel like young people's feelings and I don't, I don't think they're attended to mm. by most adults who are not in education right? Um, or work specifically with children. Right. The way I, I think, I think their, their feelings and their emotions are downplayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that anyone who's listening, if there's some, some young people, some children in your life, like, you know, it's a hard time. It's, it's hard for them not to be able to play on those playgrounds. Sure. You know, like it's, you know, my niece and my nephew, like it's hard for them. <laughs> Like they're yeah, they're school I, I was out kids. for a walk. Um, I found that in my neighborhood, people don't physically distance as much maybe as they ought to or as much as I felt comfortable with. And I felt really unsafe for a while until I discovered that if you go to the neighborhoods with mansions, people are physically distancing there. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll go over to Piedmont or Glenview or one of these rich neighborhoods and walk there uh, with a mask. And... Um, the other day I was walking along and I saw this young man about 10 years old saying to a six-year-old girl on her bike from next door, don't don't ride your bike toward me because you won't stay far enough away and I, I need an adult here. And I just felt for the young man. I could hear the anxiety in his voice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, it's I think it's a, a rough time mm-hmm. for kids right now. Um. But let's let's focus back on you again. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is your moment. Um, so you're you're editing something pretty interesting right now. That's also really pertinent to our situation. Are you are you interested in talking about that? Oh, sure. Oh, you mean the 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 paper that I'm editing right now um, for a nursing a nurse scientist. Um, um, She's uh, uh, a Chinese-American, and she's corresponding and co-authoring with six Shanghai nurses who went to Hubei um, to help fight COVID-19. And um, that was fascinating because it was, it was basically a, you know, they, they had the nurses answer some interview questions, and they transcribed what they said, and made a paper out of it, and I'm hearing these voices from the other side of the world from a couple of months ago talking about what it was like and what what was hard for them and what made it easier, and um, and I feel like I'm, I was there. And it's nice also because, you know, doctors tend to focus on pathology and, and science, but nurses focus on human aspects of care. Yes. So they treat each other with that humanity too and they're talking about, you know, what they need to get through this, what what will help them not get PTSD basically or help them overcome the PTSD they do have and 
you know, they talk about how important it is that people send them meals and that their patients tell them how much they care about them and thank them for their work. And um, it just, it yeah. was really meaningful to me as as a former caregiver, as a former doctor. And um, I, I appreciated the opportunity to read it. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So it seems like you get a lot of interesting opportunities as a medical editor. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. It's, it's fun. Um, last year, um, I edited a, 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 an article about using activity trackers to help kidney transplant recipients become more active because they had better outcomes when they walked more. And uh, once I got through with the article, I... I sent it back to the author and I said, hey, you know, this is so cool. I'm going to let this friend of mine who's been trying to give me his old Apple Watch, I'm going to let him do it just because <laughs> you've convinced me that this is good. And then um, this year I edited a an NIH grant application for the same author. And when I returned that to her, wow. I was like, oh, and by the way, you know, that Apple Watch that I got because of your paper that I edited last year, I've lost 35 pounds. Wow. <laughs> so I've been walking around, and here's another data point for you. So that was fun. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, not the, you know, not the weight loss per se, just that I got to get more active and feel better. Yeah. That's, yeah, but, like, I think it's, you know, like, it's always interesting, like, again, like, what, what we take in and how how it affects us mm-hmm. in our lives and mm-hmm. do you find that your editing work affects your your writing um, as a poet I think I think a little bit more about revision now um I often with the editing I have to condense stuff to um get under word limits for um journals or or app, grant applications or whatever and that helps the poetry because poetry is all about condensing stuff too. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So um, it's getting close to open mic time. Oh, so yippee, I, wanna, I can't wait. I want to I wanna ask you, uh, yeah. t- talk to us about your future performances that you got coming up. Oh, thank you. Um, the next one is going to be out of Las Vegas. It's um, an outfit called Poetry Promise. Um, the... The host is Heather Lang Casera, who is Poet Laureate of um, Clark County. And also it's run by uh, Bruce Isaacson, my publisher and friend, who was the first Poet Laureate of um, Clark County and who founded Poetry Promise, which is a poetry nonprofit. Um, so I'll be reading um, and answering questions. I don't think there's an open mic, um, but I think there's like a, there might be an associated workshop um, the following Monday. So the the reading is on Saturday at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Right. And I will post a link for it on my Facebook page, on my Twitter, which is at Horizontal Poet, if you want to go there, on my um, website, which is jansteckel.com. And if I can get around to it, I'll, I'll put it on um, Instagram and Tumblr, too. I've got um, a presence there. So yeah, connect with me anywhere on those places, and I'll, I'll get you a link to that reading if you want to hear it. Fantastic. I would love that. And everybody who's listening, you know, 
keep keep track of Jan Steckel. She's got Thank it all you. going on. So thank you, Jan. Thanks, E.K. It was a good conversation. It was thank you for your good advice. Oh, well, thank you for your beautiful poems and, uh, you know, bringing, bringing your perspective, like you have a unique perspective and, and sharing that with, with me and with everybody who is probably listening. I don't know. You just never <laughs> we'll know. We'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, I'm, your, your students are really lucky to have you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. All right, well, how about, Jan, would you like another song from Chawang? Oh, please. All That'll right. That'll put us in the right mood. Fantastic. And so so we're going we're gonna to let Jan go. Bye, Jan. Bye now. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm going to hang up and then turn up my computer. All right, fantastic. I'll All talk right. to you soon. All right, you on the other side. <laughs> All right. Bye now. Bye. All right, for, for everybody who's still listening, that was Jan Steckel. And you should definitely check her out and keep track of her. Um, we're going to play a little Chawa. This one's a really, really fun tune. So here we go with some Chawa. And then hopefully the phone will ring and we'll get some people on the open mic. It's 415 550 Right here at mutinyradio.fm. Here we come, we on our way. Mighty Grind is on a holiday. Here we come, we on our way. Mighty Grind is on a holiday. Get your boom boom, carry. Get your boom boom, you better be ready. Get your boom boom, carry. Get your boom boom, I'ma be ready. Get your boom boom, carry. Get your boom boom, you better be ready. Get your boom boom.
That was Chawa. And uh, they are from New Orleans, Louisiana. Take a look at their band at chawaband.com. And you should buy some of their music. I did, which is what I'm playing for you now. In fact, I got, I got it autographed because, well, I danced all the way through their entire show. And it was fantastic. It was so much fun. I had to take the music home with me instead of just looking it up on the internet because I guess, well, I guess that just means that I'm not young is what that means because that's another way to get their music is to buy it on the internet. Um, I also found some videos of them on the internet. They are a fun, fun band. So check them out at chawaband.com. And we are we are having a phone-in show tonight. So wherever you are, if you're listening right now, the line is open, which is our open mic tonight. And everybody is welcome to phone in with a poem. Anybody, anywhere. The number here at Mutiny Radio is 415-550-0511. So if you are listening, if you're out there listening and you're thinking like, oh, I've got a poem to read, or maybe maybe you've been writing a novel while we've been locked down. Maybe you want to read a short excerpt of a novel or a short story. This is Open Pages, and it is not strictly poetry, which is why I call it a word arts show, so that if you have some word arts that might be other than poetry, that they also are welcome here and have a home here. And, uh, you know, I... I hope somebody calls, but you know, in the meanwhile, don't you worry. I have no shortage of word arts for y'all. So if you're just out there listening and thinking, ah, you know, I don't feel like phoning in, I just want to listen tonight. Well, that's okay too. I'm totally down with that. And if I sound kind of funny, Right now, it's because I'm putting a CD in the CD player. And um, I have a a number of friends who are poets. And one of the great things about words is that you can put them on things like CDs. And this is a poet from, well, you know, I don't really know where he's from, but I know where he is. And he is in Los Angeles, California at this time. And his name is Philip T. Nails. And this is a CD of his called Echoes from the Sexological Asylum. And these are live poems by Philip T. Nails, original work. And there's a bunch of poems that I like on here. But I really, really like this poem. It's called I Believe Women. And 
We're just gonna gonna give a listen to I Believe Women by Philip T. Nails. Here we go. Oops, wait, almost. There we go. I believe women. And I'm gonna need all your help on this one, guys. I believe women. I believe women. Can I get the ladies to say, uh-huh? And can I get the guys to say, we do. We do. So there's two of them. We do. And we do. Okay, so. The ladies. Uh-huh. Okay, I believe women, ladies. I believe women are beads of sweat rolling down God's back. Guys? I believe women's bodies are delicate. I believe women are orange pulp, delicate, crazy, exploding in your mouth when you bite them just right. Uh huh. I believe women's curves are slow, like, like honey. But I believe this because every time I look at a woman, I see honey pouring down the front of their whole bodies the way morning sun pours down the walls of city buildings. We do? We do. Who do? We do. Ah! Uh. Moving slowly, deliberately, determined as a steam train. And I believe women's bodies are maps to heaven that are not so secret. And are you familiar with the landmarks? And do you know which way to head when you reach the valley? Long! We do. We do. We do. And what do you scream when you reach the mountain tops and pour like rain from the spirals and smile? I love it when it rains woman on L Street, Broadway, on Mission, 2nd Avenue, and Franklin Boulevard. I believe it happens in summer most frequently. See the moisture and the heat bonds their skins and smells until I am gently bathing and my mind is marinating. We do. We do. Who do? Thank you. See, my woman is the heir. My woman could make a woman. Uh-huh. And my woman could plant a tree. And she bears fruit from her lips. She could make a woman. That's kind of weak. My woman could make a woman. And make a woman come and plant a tree. Oh, she's good. Listen, baby. I worship at the sugary mess of your pussy. I become strange in your hair and lose all conscious knowledge of death. And every time my tongue moves, I'm saying something to our ancestors who have fucked 
before us, lifting you slowly. To biter's reach, I am slower than the oldest molasses, and devour is no longer a sound in my mouth, no longer a word on my page, but an action being done actively, and activating and actualizing a fantasy unspoken in soul, and only felt on the sinewy beam of light running through our bodies. And you, and you, and you, and you, 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 want me to drink all of you. You want me to leave nothing inside, like plundered pyramids, leaving only your structure to be pounded. by my wind for a thousand years. Don't stop that ecstatic vibration. But you know what? If you had to fill up your cup with some beer or some sangria, I would forgive you. good to hear recorded applause doesn't it because uh well you know we've we've gotten into these virtual environments with poetry readings lately and everything is is uh well it's all so quiet in our individual little boxes on the screen it's like some let's see people are comparing it to like the Brady Bunch and the Hollywood Squares. And I kind of like the Hollywood Squares reference because I don't know if everyone will remember, but there was a comedian named Paul Lind, and he used to make really, like, snide jokes all the time. He was, like, I'm pretty sure he was the center square of Hollywood Squares, but... Honestly, I can't, I can't remember. So, this is E.K. Keith, and you're listening to Open Pages on MutinyRadio.fm. So, we have a phone-in open mic tonight, and the number is 415-550-0511. So, stay home and phone it in, everybody. Until then, I've got got another disc here by my friend Pablo Rosales, and we're going to give a, a listen to the third track here, so please, please enjoy our little poetry from Pablo Rosales.
was Pablo Rosales and that poem made me feel really good so I hope I hope it made you feel really good too so exciting news everyone we've got a poet and a musician and a generally like well-rounded renaissance woman um on the phone so hey aunt can you hear me uh, yeah, let me just plug in my flip phone because the battery is dying oh. and I have my husband's taken. Okay, excellent. Now, um, card is really sharp, but can you, can you hear me? <laughs> right on. That's cool. Okay. Nice so, to hear from right. you, Aunt. Hi. Sorry, sorry. I'm plugged into a really sharp um, charging cord. Yeah, I, I hope you can hear me. Yeah, you sound great. Okay, so I will I will play a strange song that I wrote. Um, the words are a comic poem I wrote um, when 
I was in primary school, in elementary school, um, and uh, then I set it to music later on uh, last year when I was invited to play at the school. So I thought I'd set to music some of my old common poems, and then I, I realized that none of them are suitable for children. But anyway, <laughs> so this is called the Overcorrection Song. All right. Okay, so I hope you can hear it. All right. Was that was that audible cool. at all? 
I'm, I'm in a weird position because of the charging cord. Sorry, the battery began to die when I was on hold. That's okay. So how you doing? How you, how's sheltering going with, with babies? Well, sheltering with babies, they're getting more and more energetic. The, um, the two-and-a-half-year-old is climbing around everywhere and saying things. Actually, I, I have to report, the two-and-a-half-year-old two today loved my ukulele upstairs and said, Song? And she wanted the song that I wrote about lactation, which is called Nerd Juice, which I can play another time. And then... She loved my shampoo, which is much heavier up the stairs, and wanted another song. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the thing. Um, hey, that's a good sign. The 10 month old is uh, crawling with increasing speed um, and uh, trying to eat the world, basically. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we may have to find a bigger place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, it, that sounds really busy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote um, I wrote a song recently about raising humans, also, which is called "Breeders Persevere." About so, <laughs> um, kind of how you know they, um, they create various difficulties, but they're nevertheless good and sublime. So. Yes. So, um, are you working on any projects, Anne? Projects? Um, no, not really. I mean, other than every so often writing a strange song, um, I have to do a bunch of translations. And I made in Jera, I made these Ethiopian um, bread things that have to be fermented for four days, uh, which I made with, uh, with these Ethiopian spiced lentils. And it worked, oddly enough. And so my <laughs> husband loved it and had me make it again. And now I'm kind of tethered to this thing because it ferments every four days and then you have to make it. Um, apart from that, I, I'm looking for a place to stay because our housemates are having to move away, and so we have to find a two bedroom because one bedroom is too small because yep. those kids are getting so energetic. But yep. They climb everywhere. It's amazing. Yes. Um, and yeah, um, basically, I haven't had the time to make any clothes or write any stories because I described in my song about babies. Right. You know, constant interruption. <laughs> and every complex or creative task is doomed. But one tries nevertheless. I'm hoping a two-bedroom will give me a chance to kind of harden them off in a playroom so I can get something done. Such right. as practicing and being a better instrumentalist because I don't actually know how to play instruments. Right on. Well, I'm so glad that you called. I, I think I heard that we've got somebody calling in on the other line. Okay. So nice to hear from you, Aunt. I'll, Thanks I'll, very much for inviting me. For sure. We'll be in touch soon. Excellent. Right. I look forward to playing more of my strange and confusing songs, and I hope I can practice in order to be less bad as an instrumentalist. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're fantastic. Talk to you later, Aunt. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's see who's on the phone. Okay, let's let's just see. Hey. Hey, blood flower. Hold on one second. I'm on the air and I need to find my All right, everybody, we got blood flower on the line. 
Hey, Bloodflower, can you hear me? Hi, how are you? Doing pretty good. You know, pushing all the buttons, sliding all the levers. That's what you got to do, man. Yeah, how Get the are word you? Out there. I'm having a wonderful pandemic. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I enjoy your way with words, Bloodflower. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. So I think I'd like to lay a sonnet on you. Oh, you got a sonnet for me? I do. Ooh, I love that. Sonnet number 11. I would prefer death halt me in the guise of an errant friend who will spoon feed me in a sadness-free room where weeping willows chuckle softly like drunken parrots. Perhaps in the form of a dusk I thought would never arrive with its drag energy and psychic vampirism. Crossroad is etched atop the bleached-out skull of my soul. Time to give in to the drug in a paper sack and wander into the universe next door, bearing a note of lucid dream language, dreaming death, Approach me, bearing a flame in a hollow horn. Lead me resolutely to the other shore. Yeah, blood flower. Thank you. Thank you. Dang, like, uh, you know what really caught me was wandering into the universe next door. Well, you know, sometimes you got to pull them out, you know, <laughs> and lay them down and, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. That's uh, that's very flattering. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Oh, so you know, always willing to chip in, contribute. So, uh, everybody have a good night. For sure. You got any 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 uh any advice for anyone for hunkering down in these hunker down times? It's a good time to start shedding. If you have an instrument, get to know it all the better. Right on. Learn how to meditate. Center yourself. And wash your hands. Thank you, Bloodflower. Thank you. Have a lovely weekend, <laughs> Kate. You too. I'll talk to you later. Will do. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Glad you called. All right. That was Bloodflower with a sonnet. And a good reminder, everybody. Wash your hands. It's a neat trick that everybody should know about. So, you know, I think that most people are getting with it these days but you know maybe some people are still learning and that's okay you know learning is a good thing all right so we're gonna we're gonna wait for our next open mic caller to call in to open pages a word art show so if you're out there with you know some poetry or some scribblings in your notebook or Maybe a little bit of a short story or some flash fiction or a little excerpt from a novel. Um, yeah, give a call over here to Mutiny, Radi Mutiny Radio. It's 415-550-0511. And we are streaming live around the planet from mutinyradio.fm. And let's see. Oh, what do I have all queued up here? Oh, something special. 
So this is an artist, a word artist named Create, and this is um, this is from a CD that I bought from him called Fear of Success, and this track is called Raindrops. So here is Create with Raindrops. 4 p.m. National Weather Service Doppler radar indicator to severe thunderstorm is capable of producing a tornado near Wherry Lake or 16 miles west of Newton, moving east to 10 miles per hour. The tornado will be near. I get high and levitate up to the sky. I'm not backing down. Come as a boomerang. These days get sent to brag about slanging pounds The system's a cage, it's hard to fit in like a hand-me-down I hate religion, you fake Christian My veins itching from the chains gripping Another day's risen, I hear Trace spitting My face missing, took his freedom to escape prison God give him his soul, something he can take with him Come from the crack blocks and easy where it's base ridden Dirty needles on the floor, as a kid I played with him Chase a victim, make the news, cause he made a killing Rest in peace, my brother scraps, now that's a lost life Had to watch his mum cry, as her son died Reality rap, way deeper than a punchline I know it's a blessing, every day I see the sun rise Let it rain, let it rain on Till the pain stops, I have pain drops Let it rain, all over the window pane On the clouds, the love falling down This why I'm cooling out Let it rain on me, let it rain, let it rain Let it rain on me, till the pain stops I have rain drops It could happen quicker than blinking in the instance Fur fruition for the infants killed in the distance More related, no lie then you should know, cuz time is short in the lives, and we're getting older. You get 25 to life in prison for them hold ups. Reminiscing cold nights when I sold drugs. I was drinking venom in the eyes of a cobra. Couldn't see left to right like a snake shoulder. Man, off jeez, this the takeover. Hate is crazy cuz I went and got the flamethrower. Gifts in life for a thing that helped me to stay sober If the game's a pimp, then a trip made him rich This whole platform needs a makeover Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain on me Till the pain stops, I have rain drops Let it rain, all over the window pane On the clouds, the love falling down That's why I'm cooling out Let it rain on me, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain
an EP called Fear of Success, and that's CRE numeral 8, and you can find his work on iTunes, and uh, yeah, you should look for it. If you like that, you should definitely, definitely check out more, and you know, this is E.K. Keith here, and this is Open Pages. It is a monthly word arts show right here on mutinyradio.fm. So it's some good times during some difficult times. And that's, that's kind of, you know, where we're at, I think, right now is making the best of what we have. And, you know, one of the things that I have is poetry CDs. That's right. <laughs> and uh, one of the ways that I'm making the best of this time is to share some words. And not just my own words, because I am also a poet, which is part of why I'm motivated to create these opportunities for all these voices to be heard. Um, but it's, it's good to get lots and lots of perspectives so that you can understand where people are coming from and a little bit more about what's going on in their world. So this next poet that I'm going to play for you off of my divine collection of poetry CDs. I also have other CDs. I, I do also have music CDs. Um, this is another Bay Area poet that I admire quite a lot. And um, I hope I hope that, that you like this work too. I've definitely played some of his stuff on open pages before. So I'm going to see if I can pick out a track that is... Ooh, oh, I think I think we're gonna have to go with track eleven. Oops, here we go. And this is um this is Tony Alderondo. And he's just a really a great poet and a very fine person. He's very active in the poetry community. And uh yeah, he's really smart and really cool, and I like that. So this is off of his poetry CD, Tony Alderondo's CD, The Rhyming Poet. And if you like it, you should check out his website, www.tonyalderondo.com. That's T-O-N-Y-A-L-D-A-R-O-N-D-O.com. So give a listen to... Tony Alderondo here. Uh-oh, I lost. Oh, this equipment. Here we go. My heart has grown tired from weeping, but my tongue must pull it on. So I ask myself, what goes through the mind of a cop before he pulls the trigger? Yesterday, I watched the news... It was another killing by cop of a young black man. Today I read the news. 
It was another killing by cop of a young brown man. And for the last two-plus decades, this has been the story in my life, in our lives. And in 2003, it was an NYPD who shot the right ear off of my best friend's wife. They wanted to kill her. They wanted to take her life for shoplifting. So I ask myself and the Lord and whoever in the world is listening, what goes through the mind of a cop before he pulls the trigger? Do they have an algorithm instilled in them that tell them who and what color humans can be killed for them? And you know what I know that they know that they know how to get away with murder. Rest in peace, Mario Woods. Rest in peace, Alex Nieto. Rest in peace, Stefan Clark. Rest in peace, Oscar Grant. I could go on and on and on, but right now, my heart can't. I am the town. I am the athletic, the raider, that Golden State warrior, the Indian, the Asian, the Latino. The black man who came from the black man who came from the original black man named Jesus. I am the town. I am that liquor store on a city corner between fate and destiny where lovers walk yet crimes are committed. Where flowers blossom and bloom Yet bullets singing last lullabies fly by. And way too many young men and women in Oakland have to die. I am the town. But why, oh why, must our young go so soon to meet their doom? Today I speak as their poet. Yet I am the elephant in the room. I am the town. I am that Oakland teacher that can barely live on that ridiculous teacher's wage, who's living paycheck to paycheck, which should be a warning label at the bottom of my doctor's prescriptions page. I am the town. I am that East Bay resident who sleeps under an Oakland moon where the police are blindfolded by dollar bills and cheap thrills. Where they avoid East Oakland and West Oakland, but not them Oakland Hills. I am the town. I am that brave father who deep in his heart weeps in his heart and wants so bad to do so good. The way things are on the streets today <laughs> is too afraid of the folks in his own neighborhood. Where front yards have become front lines 
And children have to dodge discarded needles like landmines. I am the town. I am joyed yet pained at the same time, yet this poet is willing to do what he has to do to help make Oakland shine. I am the town. All right. That was that was two pieces by Tony Alderondo. That was Mind of a Cop and the Town and uh, my feature, Jan Steckel and I were talking about Ahmad Arbery's murder earlier, and so I want to dedicate those two poems to his family and express all of our sadness about the ongoing murders of of black people in America. It is an ongoing and seemingly never-ending tragedy that hopefully, as we continue to work for justice, that we can someday make it stop. So those poems were for Ahmad's family. All right, so we're still waiting for some more open mic call-in poets or writers or even musicians. Aunt called in and sang us a song on a flip phone earlier, so don't be shy, everybody. we still got a few more minutes of open pages. The number over here at Mutiny Radio is 415-550-0511, and it's a it's a quiet night in the mission, as I'm sure it's a quiet night in a lot of places. Saturday nights are, are looking a little different from how we have previously come to expect Saturday nights to be kind of hopping in our cities. And, you know, they're quiet right now, and it's something that we're all dealing with. So... Here's to staying healthy and happy, everybody. Taking care of ourselves. I don't know about all of y'all, but I've been doing a lot of yoga in the house. I've been cooking a lot to take care of myself and stay feeling good internally and physically. And I've been listening to a lot of music and Dancing in the Living Room, which I recommend as something else to do. Just put on some good music and do a little dancing in the living room. So I'm going to shift to a little music here. Um, a few months back, one of my features was Milo Star Johnson. And this is an album of hers called The Perambulator. And it is very, very fun. Um, if you like, if you like what you hear, you should check out more of Milo's work at milostarjohnson.com. That's M-I-L-O-S-T-A-R-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. Milo Star Johnson. So, um, I think what we're gonna do here is, I think we're gonna play. Let's see. We're going to play the 
the album title track, The Perambulator. And go, Milo Star Johnson.
So that was Milo Star Johnson. And she's another pretty amazing Renaissance woman um, who, she's an accomplished musician and an amazing poet. And she was working on some pretty interesting material when she was featuring, I'm, you know, it's slipping me now. I'm pretty sure that was back in January, but it actually might have been December. So one of those, but that was Milo Star Johnson. So if you enjoyed that, um, she's she's got so much talent and her music hits so many different places. Like it's it's just really good stuff. So I think before before we head out, we're getting close to the end of this month's edition of Open Pages, and I'm your host E K Keith. We do this on third Saturdays here at MutinyRadio.fm. And I have been writing some poems while I've been at home. And I want to read you one. It's just a little piece called Non-Adventure. Sitting still in the sun in the garden by the orchids in bloom, other flowers volunteer purple inflorescence close to my face a hummingbird tiny and red-headed sips her lunch one flower to the next so close the breeze of her wings on my face there are three kinds of butterflies keeping me company i'll try to learn their names it's only polite I didn't even know we have dragonflies. So much going on in such a small space. And as all of our worlds have become quite a bit smaller for those of us who are non-essential, which as an educator felt really weird to think of myself as non-essential and all the other teachers but it's it's a small a small small spaces and small worlds that we're living in and communicating with the wider world via all kinds of telecommunications devices these days and so I just want to I want to let Mia Byrne take us out with a track from her album, As I Am, another pretty amazing Renaissance woman who is a wonderful poet also. And so here goes something from Mia Byrne. Well, I ride a mail train, can't buy a thrill. I've been up all night, leaning on the 